Welcome to the Spiritual Life Management Podcast, where we help you bring balance in your life and live to your fullest potential with your host, Gretchen Smith. Hi there. Today, I have a question for you. Are you wanting more out of life? Do you wish you had more vitality? Do you wish you had more energy for your family? Well, my guest today is Dr. Candace, a doctor of naturopathic medicine, medical intuitive, spiritual yogi, speaker, author, and a huge advocate for people having the ability to reach their spiritual potential. Dr. Candace is a leading fatigue expert. She is a co-author of Business Life Universe Volume 2 and has launched a successful six-week online Energized You health conscious program that helps people gain fatigue relief energy, and detox. Her program is designed to encompass the body, mind, and spirit. Dr. Kansas is also the creator of Whole Body Visionaries Facebook group, creating a community for people that value holistic care. And that sounds like me. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Dr. Kansas. Thank you so much, Gretchen. It is great to be here and I'm excited to be with you and your audience. Oh, we are excited to have you. (laughs) So right out the gate, prior to being a doctor, you were in business and internal auditor, correct? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I was. Oh my goodness. (laughs) What a difference of career path that is. Yes. Yes. I I definitely say I was in the minority in class um, in medical school in terms of background because there were a few of us with business and a bunch with science and a few with an arts kind of degree as their starting point. Right. So what spiked your shift in career fields? You know, I go back to the same story every time. And it was, uh, I think, around the time of having performance reviews. And I was having a conversation with my manager at the time, who I um, highly regarded. And he kind of said, well, either you get an accounting or finance designation, or you're not getting promoted. And I was like, well, I am going to get promoted, just might not be here. But it started me on a trajectory of looking for other advanced education options. And um, I probably spent about six months researching all different kinds of master's programs and came back again to naturopathic medicine because what had happened was I was working with a naturopathic doctor and I asked her about it. And she's like, oh, don't do it. It's way too much work. So I kind of put it on the back burner. But then when I was researching programs, I was like, oh, my God, I, I'm living my life this way. Like, why wouldn't I do this? Plus, I love health. Right. Plus, I love talking about it um, and sharing it with others. So that whole scenario of how much time it took was what prompted the shift. And, and yeah. actually, I should put in this, I was also in the middle of my Saturn return. So that's okay. a time, time in life, um, some people start to question their purpose. And so I was questioning my purpose. And I was like, well, if I'm not going to be in finance, I guess I better figure out what my purpose is. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that you just you found your you like naturally dropped into your purpose. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> So I'd love for you to share the difference of allopathic, which is, I guess, what we call, um, most people think of that like a normal doctor, if you will, mm-hmm. versus a naturopathic, maybe versus a naturopath type of doctor. Can you share with the audience those differences? Because we tend to get confused. Yes. And I'm so glad you asked because, yes, there is a lot of confusion publicly about those different terms and what someone's doing. So 
This is information you can find on the internet, which is a medical doctor is trained, their principles of treatment are trained to treat symptoms. They have a protocol that they follow uh, or algorithms that they follow, and typically most medical doctors will treat the symptom. A naturopathic doctor is trained to identify the root of the problem. So yes, we're going to treat symptoms from the point of view of helping the patient feel better, but we're always searching for the root of the problem. What was the thing that initiated the condition or the symptom to begin with? And so it takes a bit of different investigation. The other area where naturopathic doctors stand out is that we create customized individual plans for each of our patients because they have a unique background. And so the treatments are unique given their individual circumstances. That's absolutely right. I love that, that you you really just dove into that point right there because what's happening with our bodies is not a one size fits all. Some people say, well, science says you need to take penicillin for this. Well, possibly, but it's yeah. not a one size fits all approach. So I love that. No, like I've had, you know... <laughs> One of, one of the experiences I had just to kind of drive this point home for your audience is that I had a patient with thyroid symptoms, so weight issues, fatigue, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I use something called muscle testing as part of my assessment. So I can actually test the remedies against the body to see if it's going to respond well. And I went through, I don't know, about 10 different thyroid supplements with this person And the body didn't want it. And I thought, well, this is so interesting. What else is happening in her picture that could be affecting her thyroid? And what we found was that it was a fungus. Wow. The fungus was the issue. So I gave her a fungal remedy. And when I saw her the the following time, the thyroid symptoms had resolved themselves. That's amazing. So I guess typically they would probably just put on some sort of a thyroid medication that they may be Mm -hmm. on for the rest of their life, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's where it would stop. Yeah. That's crazy. And then when you're talking about doing the muscle testing, that's kinesiology, correct? Yes, that's yeah, that's correct. Okay. And you obviously would not see that happening in a regular allopathic type environment. No, I have not come across any allopathic doctors that use muscle testing. I don't know that I have. I haven't heard of that. <laughs> Right. I just kind of wanted to drive that point home because that's one of the major differences that I guess you use versus a regular doctor. Yes. And I I need to also specify for your audience is that it's also not common for a lot of naturopathic doctors to use muscle testing. So that's a special training that I took that interested me to use with my patients. Um, Of course, a lot of us are still going to use standard blood work or specialty lab testing as part of the assessment picture. But I like the muscle testing because I can incorporate that in the office with the supplements I'm going to use. So I know of a, I know of um, some other doctors that do that, but it's certainly not a common modality that the naturopathic community implements. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that really gives yourself a step up versus, you know, other naturopaths or naturopathic doctors out there. Oh, I might might have to say I'm blushing now. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's true. It's true. The body knows. Yes. The body knows. Yes. Yes. It sure does. And I am humbled every day when I work with somebody because 
I, you know, I think about what, what might be a go-to remedy and the body's like, nope. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> I guess we're going to find something different. Um, right. Yeah. Every day, every day. And you're also an intuitive as well. Yeah. Which I think is amazing. And I mean, if I had my choice, that's the kind of doctor I would go to versus Mm -hmm. just testing, you know, or thinking, okay, yeah, this might be something that's wrong with you. And like I said, you go down this path and then you think you have a label on you or you're taking medication that you don't need to take. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you said in your investigation, in your investigation process, what other tools or modalities do you use when you're working with a patient? Yeah, so I use um, intuitions, one of them, um, and that's where I'm sort of listening for, you know, guidance um, or questions that might not be standard to come through. Um, so I, I do listen for what's not being said. And I have no issues about asking those questions because sometimes those ones need to be addressed and asked to the patient. I also use frequency-specific microcurrent. So that's a microamperage treatment. Um, it's a physical treatment for the patients to help heal tissue in the body. It's designed to heal tissue with the use of frequencies. So I'm not healing, but the device actually has capabilities to do that. So is that like a frequency machine, like a Rife machine or something um, along those lines? Something. It's not a Rife machine, but yes, it is along those lines in terms of identifying very specific frequencies for very specific tissue in the body. It's becoming more popular, but it's mm-hmm. not it's still not super common, but it, it's, it's a very useful modality for concussions, PTSD, depression, anxiety, and a bunch of other things. So um, I do rely on that modality quite a bit with some of my patients. Uh, I also use something called quantum touch, which is an energy modality to help address pain, but it also can help move energy in the body that's stuck. So that's uh, tapping into the universal energy and um, I act as a conduit to let the energy flow and then the patient's body utilizes the energy how it sees fit. Oh, that's so cool. And then the naturopathic uh, modalities like nutrition, herbal medicine and and, uh, homeopathy are other modalities I incorporate as well. I love it. It's really encompassing mind, body, and spirit. Yes. Yes. It's very, that's one of the things, you know, like going through school, sometimes we feel like we have to fit in a box. And I was like, I can't fit in this box. Um, Meaning I can't just look at the physical body and ignore the mental, emotional, spiritual. So I do very much try to incorporate that with my patients as much as possible and, and have those different levels. Um, addressed when we're working together. I love that. Yeah, that's, that's the path that I think everybody should be on right now. Mm-hmm. So we've obviously seen a lot of change in the world in the last couple of years with the illness that's, you know, been just all over the world impacting everyone from all different angles. I'm curious, what are the top three issues that you're seeing in your patients right now, or that maybe you've been seeing in the last couple of years? Yeah, so that's a very good question. I would say um, fatigue or feeling tired ranks up. There actually have been several concerns around weight gain. Mm -hmm. I would say that seems to be pretty common. And then a picture of anxiety slash stress would be the kind of top three that I would say over the last few years. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that, that makes a lot of sense to me if you just reflect on, you know, the way the world environment's been over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot going on, you know, individually and collectively. And, you know, some of us feel those things to different levels. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And how are you able to treat some of those symptoms that are coming up and that you're seeing more of? Yeah. So with the fatigue uh, in my patient base, a lot of the fatigue actually relates to viral issues. And um, so I, I identify those viral issues with the applied kinesiology. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's actually very common. Like I would say probably about 60% of my patient base has a viral load that is not getting actively treated. As far as you know, with the viruses as well, it's really important to understand if there's co-infections happening. So are, are there multiple viruses are actually creating the fatigue picture? And then as far as the treatments are concerned, um, naturopathically, we look at antivirals and we look at really making sure the body has the tools in place to support other systems that are involved in having the viruses be under control, if you will. <laughs> Sure. Well, are you able to speak to the antiviral uh, that you're using or the techniques that you're using? Yeah. Yeah. I have some um, antivirals that are are pretty common. So um, of course, this is not medical advice for anyone that's listening. And please check with your your provider to make sure you're not having any drug herb interactions. But one of my favorite antivirals is licorice. Um, Is that a licorice root? Yeah, licorice root. It's it's, um, a herpetic. And why it's my favorite is because some of these viruses, um, like Epstein-Barr virus, for example, is in the herpes family. And Mm -hmm. so licorice is like a magnificent herb to treat antiviral, although it's not not always for everybody. Um, So that's one of my favorite. I also use a homeopathic remedy called bio 88. And it has a number of viruses within the remedy itself. But the homeopathic version also can be very good in terms of looking at the antiviral approach. So those are kind of my two favorite ones. Although, um, you know, there's tons of antivirals, but because of the viruses I'm working with individuals, those are those are the common remedies that I'm using. Okay. And I have a question for you. My understanding is a lot of viruses, let's just say uh, chickenpox, for example, Mm -hmm. is so common and everybody is pretty much familiar with chickenpox, that once it goes away, is it true that viruses then lay dormant in your system? Like, for example, shingles can pop up. It's kind of, I guess, a different form, but it's... Yeah. Yeah. So it's a fantastic question, Gretchen. And there's a few different ways that these work. So the Epstein-Barr virus, which people are going to commonly know as mono, um, it's actually, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) a lot of us have, um, Uh it actually affects the blood cell tissue. And yes, so um, Epstein-Barr virus, it can be activated and it can go dormant and it can, and it can become reactivated multiple times in someone's life. So it does sort of, it does absolutely remain in the body. Cytomegalovirus, which is a sister virus to Epstein-Barr, it houses its, it damages the mitochondria in the body. It also remains in the body, but the symptoms are slightly different in terms of how it presents in people. So they'll be tired for a period of time. And then after the tiredness um, 
the major tiredness goes away, there's a roller coaster effect with the tiredness. So they're, they have energy for two days, and then they're laid flat out for one day, and then they have energy for three days, and then they're laid flat out for half a day. So it's very much of a roller coaster kind of appearance with the cytomegalovirus. Mm-hmm. With the um, varicella virus, which is chickenpox slash shingles, that one houses itself in the nerve tissue. So it also doesn't um, leave the body. But to your point about these viruses being dormant, yes, they go dormant. And the immune system is what keeps them dormant over that time. It is ramped up enough so that the person doesn't have symptoms. When they have a co-infection, meaning they have maybe two viruses, now the body might not be able to manage well. And so the tiredness and other symptoms start to pop up because the immune system can't keep up with what's going on. Does that make sense? It makes 100% sense. And then say if you get the most recent virus that's been out there in the world and you've had chicken pox and you've had, I'll just say mono or some other virus in your life, then those all are in your body. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming they're all creating some sort of havoc and Mm -hmm. we can become even more fatigued. Yeah, so fatigue for sure. And then we get, you know, kind of a, random set of symptoms because the random set of symptoms is related to that individual's history. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. Okay. This yeah. is all making sense to me. I can understand why some people are so absolutely exhausted. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, and then on top of it, which I should also mention is when someone's dealing with a viral infection, it's super important to support the adrenal glands so that the body actually has the fuel and the energy to secrete the chemicals in the body to fight the viruses. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. There's so much. It's so complex, which is exactly why we need a doctor like yourself. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard to tackle it all on our own. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do have a question since we started off with licorice root or bio 88. Now, do those actually eradicate the viruses in your body or, or do they help the immune system? What do they do? Yeah. And so, can we ever get rid of these viruses? So the viruses that we talked about, no, you cannot get rid of them. It's simply that the immune system is working well enough that the person's not having symptoms. Okay. Um, other viruses. So all of those viruses we mentioned are in the herpes family. They don't leave the okay. body. <laughs> that particular family does not leave the body. So we befriend it, if you will. Mm-hmm. Other viruses like the cold and stuff, um, I do believe those leave the body, um, but the family that we talked about, they don't. So with regards to the licorice, um, they're working, the bio-88 is working on a homeopathic realm. So the way homeopathic remedies work is to provide information to the body. So it says, like a car, for example, you Uh have a Toyota and here's like, okay, Gretchen, here's your owner's manual for your Toyota. And you're like, great. I know how to fix this problem because I just go to my manual and look up the page. Right. Homeopathy, I sort of use the same analogy. It says the body, okay, if you have chicken pox, this is how you need to treat it. If you have cold sores, this is how you need to treat it. The body has an information manual about how to respond to it. So it's a different mechanism. Licorice is supporting, it's an antiviral, so it's working against the virus, if you will. But licorice as an herb itself also supporting the adrenal gland. So it's doing a couple things. And it's going to regulate itself for what that person's body needs. 
Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it really depends. Like, let's say I said, um, let's use another antiviral called L-lysine. So L-lysine oh, would yes. be very common for cold sores. It right. is uh, an amino acid, so it's working slightly differently than the licorice. It has a different mechanism of which it's working. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So much information here. So much good stuff. Absolutely good stuff. Now, is this the type of information that we can also get just little bits of in your group, in your program? Yes, I do go a little bit into um, pathogens in terms of ones that are commonly causing fatigue for individuals and sort of a general approach of how to work with them. I also uh, address something called mitochondria. Um, So mitochondria are the little organelles in the body that create energy. So if those are damaged or not functioning well, there's certain nutrients that are helpful to take to support that. So I do touch on this for individuals. Okay. Yeah. And we can find that information. Is it in your Facebook group or in your six week program? Because I know you have a six week program that we haven't really touched on. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually in the six week program where I go to it in more in depth for individuals. All right. Can you share a little bit more about your program? Yeah. So it's a six-week program uh, called Energized You, and it's designed to help individuals create a lifelong approach to increasing their energy. So really important to look at stuff like food, chemicals, underlying infections that we touched on um, that might not be getting addressed that are draining a person's energy. And then towards the end of the program, we talk a little bit about um, a little teaser on addressing emotions that might be causing fatigue. So it's a very uh, well-rounded, in-depth kind of program to set up what I call the foundation um, for moving forward. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And like you said, there's so much fatigue showing up now in the world that Mm -hmm. I just can't imagine. People really need to hear about this program. Yeah. So Speaking of how fatigue is showing up, how are you seeing it manifest in your patients? You mean in terms of symptoms or? Yeah, in, as far as symptoms go, because I know, yes, sometimes we can be tired, but also it can impact other areas of our life as well. Yeah, so I, I love that question. And it kind of reminds me of, of some of the things I hear very commonly. One of the things I'll hear oftentimes is a patient will come in and they'll be like, I went to my medical doctor, my blood works normal. I don't understand why I'm tired. And it's not to any fault of anybody. What I want to emphasize with the audience is that some of our testing, I mean, it's only as good as what's performed, first of all. And secondly, we don't have a blood test, a standard blood test for fungus, for example. Mm -hmm. Do we have testing for viruses? We have testing for some viruses. There's a, a monospot test, for example. Um, mm-hmm. There is a cytomegalovirus test, but it has to be ordered. We can't see it in typical blood work that says, oh, your red and white blood cells are normal. That's not going to show us if there's a virus. Right, so I just want to which- emphasize that to people. Yeah. And just to touch on that a little bit, I mean, of course, I'm not a doctor, but I know enough to know that you know they definitely look at those blood cells to see, you know how you're feeling or Mm -hmm. if there might be some sort of infection or virus. And if those labs come back, okay, then it's kind of dismissed. It is dismissed. Yeah. And so at that point, you know, it's listening to the history, like when did the symptoms start, for example, or it's 
you know, if this person's tired, why are they tired? And maybe there's a low-grade infection, so it doesn't show up in the blood work, but the person's still experiencing fatigue. With regards to the fatigue picture also, you know, in terms of how it's showing up with my patients, that's one of the comments is my blood works normal, but I don't understand why I'm tired. The other thing, some of my patients, they'll be tired as in, you know, they're complaining about napping or their muscles are sore or their eyes are tired or, you know, it's like, oh, I, I sat down to watch TV with my family, but I fell asleep at eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Another way that it shows up is they're not actually sleeping well. So they might be waking up in the middle of the night between 1 to 3 a.m., which happens to be a liver issue at that point. And it's like, okay, well, the liver is trying to process these infections, but it's not been able to keep up with it. So the patient's waking up and now they have disrupted sleep and an infection underneath of it. So there's, there's some kind of commonality in terms of, you know, normal blood work, I'm tired. Some of my patients even when they're really frustrated, I'll be like, is this all in my head? Like, is it all in my head that I'm actually tired? And I, I promise them, no, it's not all in their head. Um, right. But I, I want to say that because I have a lot of compassion for that because they know that something's wrong. And yet it's like, there's no answers for why they're feeling tired. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I've personally been there. I've been through this and I know that frustration. Mm-hmm. It's, Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. awful. And then often sometimes we'll just be like, okay, well, I'm not even going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, might even act as if it's not even there, but yet, you know, it's impacting your life and that's not quality of life. No. And, and I would like to p- say a caution to those individuals if they are tired and they're kind of pushing through it is, you know, they can go to any website and find the five common ways to treat fatigue and one of them that they'll find is exercise and I can tell like exercise sometimes actually is contraindicated in patients that are exhausted exercise actually can do more damage and prolong that person getting better there you go yeah yes so thank you for sharing that mm mm-hmm Oh my goodness. Which leads me actually to the next question, which is like, what are a couple things that we can do, the listeners can do today to help us keep maybe virus free or healthy or just to have more energy in our life? Yeah. So a couple basic things people can do is a multi, a standard, good quality multivitamin. Um, That makes sure that if you're missing any nutrients from your diet for whatever reason, your body has all the tools it needs to run the processes. Okay. And that's partly based upon my personal perspective that our soil that we're getting a lot of our food from is is somewhat depleted. So it's to replace those minerals that we're not getting. Right. And I want to stop you just right there for one moment before we go on to other areas that can really help us be healthy and stave off any illness. I hear a lot of times, take a good multivitamin. How in the world do we know what is a good multivitamin? (sighs) Great question. Okay, the Centrum at Costco is not a good multivitamin. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I love all the patients out there that buy that and that they're making a choice for a multivitamin. But really, that particular um, vitamin is going to be pedo and essentially wasting money. So a good multivitamin partly depends on the person, but a physician grade, so some brands um, like Genestra or Cytomatrix, you know, there's other brands, there's hundreds of brands of a multivitamin, but you want something that has activated ingredients. 
And I certainly can't list all of them off, but hopefully, you know, a local supplement store, your practitioner absolutely will know if there's activated ingredients. So that means the body can take the nutrient in and utilize it right away. It's not trying to convert coal to gas and then hoping that maybe it, it figured out what to do with it. An activated vitamin is something the body can utilize right away. Okay, perfect. Yeah, and, and most people will feel, uh, they're like, oh, I have a little bit more energy. And it's like, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want that, right? More energy. Exactly. And then I would say as far as staving off, you know, viruses, part of it really comes down to positive attitude. Okay. Because when, when we're in a place of negativity or we're in a place of victimhood, those are low vibrations. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, no judgment when, when we have those states, but viruses can sneak in at that point. Like, why is it that some people seem to never get sick? Right. right. Like, and it's, and yes, sometimes we can say, oh, well, it's always their diet or whatever, but th- that's only part of the picture. The positivity and kind of the attitude of, raising our vibration. I I think that's another part of the picture. I couldn't agree more. And um, I would say, oh oh man, I could say lots of things for how to stave them off. But really importantly is good quality of sleep. I can't emphasize that enough because sleep is when the body regenerates. It's when it cleanses itself. It's when it's making new tissue. And so to be sleep deprived actually has a lot of you know, short and long-term consequences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what do you recommend for good quality sleep? What are some steps that we can take? Yeah, so um, very simply is to make sure cell phones, tablets, any electronic devices are at least six feet from the head. Even if a cell phone is in airplane mode, it's still emitting frequencies two feet out. So that's okay. like step number one, get the electronics away from your head. That also includes um, any clocks, any other type of plugins that might be around the headboard. So super, super important. Making sure the room is as dark as possible. So even a pinprick of light can inhibit melatonin, which is your sleep hormone. Mm-hmm. Creating a standard morning and bedtime routine, meaning uh, a person chooses to go to bed every night at 10 o'clock. And they choose to get up every morning at six o'clock. So sticking with a standard routine, because the body actually likes a routine and it gets used to that so that when you go to bed at 10 o'clock, it falls asleep quickly and you're actually getting those eight hours of sleep. Right. Yeah. Oh, great tips. Thank you for sharing that information. Yeah, for sure. Do you personally have a wellness routine that you follow? Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to share that with us? Yeah, for sure. So I have um, standard supplements I take, which do include multivitamin. I incorporate a mushroom called reishi. Mm -hmm. What else do I have in there? Magnesium, vitamin E, N-acetylcysteine, and then a few other ones. I won't go into bore your audience with them by any means, but I have a standard kind of supplement program I follow. I do try to get up at the same time every day. And then I have a morning practice. So my morning practice includes um, prayer, meditation, and reading, um, and then some form of exercise. So whether I do cardio, going for a walk, or yoga. Um, So that kind of takes me a a bit of time in the morning, but that's a kind of standard regime that I follow. And then I would say I have an 80-20 diet. So about 80% of the time I eat really well, and then... Uh, I have a few foods that I have not eliminated yet (laughs) um, (laughs) that are in my diet, like chocolate. Um, So uh, I do eat dark chocolate. Uh, That's one of my things that I I haven't gotten rid of because I I am gluten-free and 
and eliminate a bunch of other things. But that's kind of the protocol I follow. So meditation is is one of the things that's kind of a core at, at what I do in terms of maintaining my center and my balance. And then throughout the day, I'm mm-hmm. cognizant of what I'm thinking. So I'm aware if I'm heading down a negative path, or if I'm maintaining myself in a positive realm of thinking. So I try to limit the amount of time I spend in negative thinking or in a negative emotion to kind of maintain my overall well-being. I love that. And you've already touched on, you know, how a positive attitude contributes to remaining healthy and strong and vibrant. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Do you mind if we go back to some of the supplements that you're taking? Sure. Sure. You mentioned, uh, I'm probably going to say it wrong, uh, anacetylcysteine. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) Okay. And is that also referred to as NAC? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So there's been a lot of talk about that. Would you mind sharing, if it's not too personal, why you recommend or why you personally take that? Yeah. So I take it for, it's a precursor to detox chemical in the body called glutathione. Mm -hmm. It's relatively available to get, but it, it really helps detoxify. It's a great support for the liver. It's, um, relatively safe to use, you know, even, well, I'm going to keep that comment to myself, (laughs) Um, but relatively safe to use as a detox agent in the body. And it's, it's strong enough, but gentle enough in terms of why it's safe for people to use, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, mm-hmm. And detox is one of my favorite topics as well. So since you mentioned it, I'm going to go there. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. Um, so it's, I mean, detox is important for so many different reasons. And as a matter of fact, I mean, we should probably, in my opinion, we should detox probably at least once a year. If, mm-hmm. Actually, they're you, saying up to four times now. So 20 years. Really? Yeah. So I, I was actually surprised. So the other week, um, I actually heard that the stat of the recommendation to detox four times a year and 20 years ago, it was twice a year. You know, and I think that just speaks to the amount of chemicals or pollutants mm-hmm. or viruses or you name it that we're being exposed to nowadays. Mm-hmm. Well, and the-, and the other thing that I think gets overlooked is stress. Yes. Like we can't absolutely. see it. But your massage therapist knows if your body's stressed, right? Well, yes. Or well, your brain knows if you're not sleeping because of the cell phone beside, like at nighttime in the bedroom, right? Yeah. Like all these factors of stress that we don't see because it's not touchable with our fingers. And yet we have so much of it that that stress impacts our body's ability to detox all these chemicals that we take in, you know, whether it's through our food or through the air through the water, you know, it's, it's huge. Yes. So would you mind just going into that a little bit deeper? How does stress impact our body's ability to being able to productively detox? Oh, um, (laughs) is that a topic for another day? (laughs) It could be a topic for another day. Um, you know, I'm going to actually approach it more from the immune system. When a, when a person's body is under stress, the immune system gets weakened. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, which makes us more um, available for other pathogens to come in. But the stress right. factor when we're looking at, you know, as far as the body is concerned, it's taxing on the adrenal glands. So mm-hmm. where we're supposed to be able to move from fight or flight to rest and digest, 
a lot of people in that stress mechanism are in fight or flight all the time. Yeah. And so from that point of view, if a person's in fight or flight, they're not digesting their food. And simply because if someone has a bowel movement, that still doesn't mean they're digesting their food. They could be having regular bowel movements and not taking in the nutrients of the food that they're eating because they've never gone into that rest and digest state. Right. Right. And then it's like, so that's on the digestive track. What about the emotional piece? If someone's stressed out, now they're not dealing with emotions that are coming up. So they might snap at their kids or spouse. They might not be able to be focused at work. They might forget things at work. Um, all these other factors, you know, on the mental, uh, emotional realm are not being addressed because of stress. Right. Mm-hmm. And then if we're able to detox, then we're able to get some of that out of our system a bit, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, from a Chinese medicine perspective, the organs all house certain emotions. And so when mm-hmm. we look at the body detoxing, there's five main organs from the Western medicine that the body is detoxing. So we have lungs, liver, intestines, kidneys, and skin. So all of those organs are super important for detoxing. But when we talked about the stress, if someone's holding on to a bunch of anger and the liver is not functioning well, now the body, one of the organ systems that was dealing with some of the chemicals going through may not function as well. So now we have a backlog of hormones and chemicals in the body that or pathogens that might not be getting excreted through the urinary system. And then we right. might have digestive issues. So someone's like, oh, I have stomach cramping or I have diarrhea or constipation. And then now all of a sudden they come back and they're like, oh, I have skin issues that showed up. And it's like, well, where, wait a minute, where did these come from? Because the skin, from what I've seen in my patients, the skin gets involved when the rest of the body can't keep up with what's going on. The skin's like, okay, I'll join and help out in the party. And it's like, oh, now <laughs> now eczema showed up or now little dot showed up and now candida showed up. And it's like, okay, wait a minute, we have to go back to uh, you know, the digestive system and the stress picture to say, okay, what do we need to kind of address at the front end so that the skin doesn't have to be involved in all this detox? Right. You know, I think you touched on some great things that you do in your routine to help really process that stress, especially the meditation, mm-hmm. um, the prayer, mm-hmm. the reading, just calming the body down, mm-hmm. the, your, your sleep habits. And then NAC, that's something that sounds like it can be used. I, I don't want to say all the time, but I mean, pretty much regularly, it's gentle enough on our body to help us detox. Yeah, like it's supporting the normal glutathione pathway. So if mm-hmm. someone's like, okay, I'm going to look at NAC or glutathione, they can certainly incorporate NAC, you know, and it will support the glutathione pathway. So, you know, it's like, we're just we're just supporting a pathway with that particular nutrient. Right. Yeah. And then if you've had any viruses or even jabs in the arm, does that help you detox it as well? Yeah, NAC works um, specifically, well, one of the areas that works more predominantly, I should say, is, is the liver. So it's going to help detox things that are going through the liver. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So do you personally have any words of wisdoms to leave our listeners with that may help them in their wellness journey? Yes, I would love to encourage everyone that they are the expert of their body. 
they are their number one advocate and to find people that they feel comfortable with to have on their healthcare team. I love that. That is so, so important. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And lastly, do you happen to have any tools or tips for helping people identify fatigue in their life? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, I'm excited to share this. So I have um, a handout I can share with your audience. It's 101 reasons why people might feel fatigue. And uh, I'm super excited to share that with you and your audience. Oh, I love that. I want to get my hands on that myself. There's so much to learn about fatigue. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, if they want to learn more about fatigue, can you tell us where um, they can find your Facebook group and your six-week program and and your website? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the six-week program is on a website called thrivingandvibrant.com. Okay. As far as my website, it is drcandicestanek.com. And uh, Instagram is a great place to find me. Um, my handle is at Dr. Candace Stanek. Um, and I'm sure all this will be linked in the podcast, but those are all great places to find me. I promise if you DM me, I will message back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. I'm happy to have a, have a conversation with anyone. Awesome. And I just want to put out there for the listeners. uh, Yes, absolutely. All of this information will be linked below in the show notes, but also Stanek is spelled S-T-A-N-I-E-K. Yes. That's Dr. Candace Stanek. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Dr. Candice, you have been a wealth of information. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining us and sharing this wonderful information. Well, I want to thank you, Gretchen. Um, This has been very lovely and uh, wonderful being here with you and your audience. Well, thank you so much. Mm Hey there, I just want to thank you for tuning in today to this wonderful episode with Dr. Candice Stanek. And if you would like to connect with me, your host, you can reach me at GretchenSmithCoaching at gmail.com. And you can always find me on Instagram at GretchenSmithCoaching, where you'll get daily tips, tools, or motivational quotes. In addition, we do have a Facebook page as well at Spiritual Life Management. I hope you have a wonderful and safe day. Namaste. Namaste.